What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Terminator 101. Coming up, you're about to hear the full unedited interview I did yesterday with Ben Bateman. Now, if you're not familiar with that name, shame on you. But if you are familiar with that name, you know him as the co-host, along with Andrew Guy of Action Movie Anatomy on the Popcorn Talk Network on YouTube. Um, he's also a podcaster, content creator. He does uh, red carpets, screenings, press junkets, all that stuff. He is very active in the entertainment industry. He lives right over in California. So it was a real honor to have Ben on and kind of zero in on the Terminator franchise, pick his brain, hear his thoughts and insights. So I'm super excited to have you guys hear what we talked about. Without further ado, let's get right into it. Ben Bateman. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Terminator 101 here on Anchor. Wherever you're listening to this from, whether it be on iTunes, Google Play, I really do appreciate it. And I have a very special guest on the other end of the line. This is the guy who got me into talking about movies passionately and uh, kind of steered me towards this direction. And I happen to be very thankful for And I just wanted to you guys in case you're not familiar with him uh what he does and what he's all about so without further ado ben bateman how are you doing man what's up man uh can you hear me is our, is our connection strong i hear you and i think you can hear me terrific loud and clear this is fantastic uh i am so honored to be here man thank you so much for inviting me back on i know a long time ago uh, when you were just getting started you had me on one of the early shows and so this is so cool to see that you you've come so far with this you're stuck now fully on the path of the terminator which is a great path uh you're 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 just like a terminator you're focused with it and uh yeah i i'm a movie critic um content creator podcaster what have you uh total dick bag on the movie trivia schmodown and um yeah i just i love talking movies man so it's it's a real honor to hear that you found some inspiration to talk about the thing you love because that's literally exactly what i did when i started it's just, it's just exactly what you're doing talking about what i love Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, I had a podcast a while back, but I don't have it anymore. Um, it's actually the same account. I just switched it over to Terminator, but um, it was called Bigger Boat Movies, and I just started it. And um, I reached out to Ben because I had seen him. My introduction to Ben was through Action Movie Anatomy, which is, I think, where he's most popular with, I guess the general audience of people who know about him. I think that's the probably the show that most people are familiar with the name Ben Bateman. And that's the show that introduced me to him. So I reached out to him and I was like, you know, you inspired me so much. Can you come on the show and just kind of talk about how you got started? And we probably talked for, I don't know, probably well over an hour. It was awesome. Just talking to someone who, is not doing it sort of just as a hobby. This is your life. You you talk about movies and you review movies and like you said, you're on the schmodown and um, it's so awesome and it's very uh, inspiring to look at someone and talk to someone that you see on a screen and hear their voice on the other end of the line. So I got past my fanboying um, at the end of that conversation. So this is a kind of really cool second conversation that we're going to have. Um, but I just wanted to kind of give a quick intro to uh, to what you do. So uh, thank you again for inspiring me. This is so 
freaking cool. I appreciate it, man. You're making me sound much cooler than I am. I, I'm, I'm just exactly the same as you. But that, it means a lot to me that you would reach out to me and, and a second time. And I'm glad we could make this happen. So, so talk to me. Talk to me about Terminator, man. I want to know what's going on with this new show. Yeah. So, um, you know, that was the thing. It was the podcast originally was kind of like a broad scope. It was basically anything goes. And I don't know. It was just Terminator has always been my 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 go-to like if i'm in a i don't know like if i'm in a general like area wherever i am and people know that i love movies like typically the first question that'll pop up is okay well what's your favorite movie and the terminator from 1984 is my favorite movie of all time so i'm on like obviously i'm gonna go right to that so i figured a hundred percent there's not even a hesitation for you you take one over two every day i do i take one over two and what's funny is I think like most people, I, when I was younger and I wasn't as focused on being passionate about film when I was just kind of, you know, casually watching it, T2 was obviously definitely the one that I um, watched more and probably quoted more. And it has that repeat value that I think the first Terminator doesn't have because of how dark and uh, bleak it is. But yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know. It's just, it, but it's like very small. Like my second favorite movie of all time is Terminator two. So, I mean, like I just can, I consider them one big giant epic movie that just, it makes sense. The, the kind of progression from one to two. Um, As somebody who's thought about it endlessly, what do you think if you had to put into words, what are your top three details from, from James Cameron's the Terminator? that makes it the superior film like they're like the three things that stand out to you the most when i when you think about it oh damn oh uh <laughs> um i was not prepared for that honestly like i i've had another guest on here and uh he was more of kind of like me asking him the question so i, I was honestly not prepared to <laughs> i don't mean to put the you on the spot I, I just mean like for i i can think about t1 like some of the things where i think about that movie's superiority in some ways uh, so I was curious if we had some of the same ones, but we're going to talk Terminator, so I'm sure we'll get around to it. So, so don't let me interrupt you. No, no, no. It's cool. Um, the three details that make it superior than Terminator 2. Um, well, I, uh, honestly, I think the length of it is it's a it's a much tighter film. That's good. That's um, good point, yeah. It gets to its, you know, it, it does. It, it, it gets to the point much faster than t2 and i'm not saying t2 is you know detrimental because of how long it is but you know even t2 has like that special edition cut that cameron released and added 16 minutes of extra footage in so there's a lot more time that was devoted to t2 right which made sense yeah i mean which made sense right because of um like just the scope of it and its epicness but terminator one is so simple in its plot but it you know especially in 2018 the like like the themes surrounding it are so relevant so i think in terms of like another uh point is that the story of terminator is better represented in terminator 1 than it is in terminator 2 the idea of machines and um them becoming self-aware is much better i think presented in the first film Cleaner, a cleaner with, presentation of the philosophy behind the Terminator franchise. Yes, with because you have Arnold as the antagonist versus, and and I, I've always said this: Arnold from the first movie is 
10 times scarier than Robert Patrick from T2. Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. Schwarzenegger T1 is like the whole different level of, of scary. I mean, that that first movie is like a, it's a real horror movie, whereas the second one is a real action movie. I mean, they're almost different genres. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Um, the third point, because I because I I can't. Ah, oh, man. Uh, what makes it superior? It's just. I you think can come back to it. You want to come back to it after we chat for a little while? Maybe it'll come to you while we're talking, because I feel like you'll be happier to have had a little more time to digest it. I'll remind you at the end if there's one more detail. OK, yeah. I mean, but do those two that I like that 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 I said, do they kind of um, reflect on how you view the first film? Yeah, well, I definitely. So like what you were talking about with the, the presentation of the first film being tighter and a better representation of the Terminator philosophy, that is true. I mean, the, the thing is, Cameron, for all of his greatness, is somebody who becomes so fascinated with scope and scale. He, uh, he will use all the tools at his disposal. And so that, I think, in some ways can be distracting at times. For as great as I think Terminator 2 is, because I believe Terminator 2 is the greatest action film ever made, uh, it's a different kind of movie. It's, you're focusing on different aspects of that film that make it great, which is why year after year, I shouldn't say year because he makes like a movie every 10 years, but generation after generation, he's, he's renowned as somebody who uses the technology to the best of his ability, right? Like that's the thing that he's known for. And so I think it can be distracting at times. You get so caught up in the beautiful 3D of Avatar or you get caught up in how you know crazy realistic the Queen Alien looks in Aliens. Like, whereas like the story of Terminator is a basic, simple story. And it's a harder movie for him to make because he didn't have the resources yet. Um, so I think that's a great point you make. You know, I think some of the other details for me, in some ways, the music in Terminator 1, I, I like more. I mean, T2, T- the theme is like an all-time theme. It's like, <laughs> that like is my fist pump moment. But there's this weird, like, synthy tremolo sound to the Brad Fidel score from the first one that, like, I don't know, man. It just, that, that, that really gets me going. That, that first score is like, it just, feel, tonally is just so perfect. Um, and then, yeah, Schwarzenegger is definitely scarier. Um, yeah, it's a darker movie. It's a weirder movie. It's like way more like jarring the first movie. Yeah, exactly. And you brought up like the theme of um, of uh, Brad Fidel, and you know that that theme is supposed to represent a like robot's heartbeat, like a a complete lack of humanity. Even in the like, even in the theme is represented with that. You know, it's yeah. just. It's that's what it's supposed to represent. And again, going into T2, I feel like Brad Fidel, he felt like, okay, so the first movie was so simple. And even that, that, that theme was so simple. It's just now we got to kind of up the ante a little bit and that's fine. But again, it's just, I love so like, I, I adore the simplicity of the first film that it's just, the fact that it's like an it's it's basically an indie film, right? It's like it's totally an indie film, and it feels like it. Exactly, yeah. It 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 feels like I don't know. It feels very similar to John Carpenter's Halloween in a lot of ways, um, and that's actually like something I talked with uh, another friend of mine recently about how it's very because um, what that that film's from 1978, so this is only what like six years later. S- six years later exactly so um that's what i love about it the 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 horror elements because if you think about it something coming back from the future trying to kill you is horrific and 
Terminator 1 presents it so much better than in Terminator 2, which has that action-y vibe. It has a much more uh, father and son kind of storyline between him and uh, uh, John Connor. Right. Um, that's what I love about the first film. It's just, it's, it, it, it's a raw survival story. And um, that's why I've always like, in my later years, now that I'm 25, I've geared more towards that film. But definitely in my younger years, T2 was like, what you just said, the greatest action movie of all time. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty undeniable, I think, for most people. But it's cool that you have a different opinion. I mean, that's that's great. That's what the point of that's what the point of all this is. I'm like the only person yeah. on earth that loves Nicolas Cage as the weatherman. So there you go. <laughs> um, and I know that you guys covered it. And when I say you guys, you and Andrew um, on Action Movie Anatomy, you guys covered both Terminator One and Terminator Two. Yeah. Um, this. I don't know if you, because I don't think I told you, but, or maybe I did. I don't know. But this podcast, I am such a purist when it comes to Terminator. So for me, the only canon films are the first two films. Every single sequel that came afterwards with no involvement from Cameron, they're, they're, they're bad fan fiction. So I wanted to ask you, why haven't you and are you going to, if you are, are you going to cover any of the non-Cameron sequels on Action Movie Anatomy? Well, we've talked about it and the bottom line is, you know, T3 is a bad movie. Um, T3 has some, some, I mean, they've all got things I remember that are cool about them. Like they've all got things that are like significant for one reason or another, but like T3 is bad and it might be the best of the three. So like that's I, a pretty, I agree. pretty bad statement. I mean, Schwarzenegger being younger makes a difference. I think Genesis is pretty far and away the worst one. I didn't even finish Genesis. It was so unwatchable. <laughs> um, so that was just one of those things. And then like Salvation, I remember the trailer out and it was like one of the most excited trailers I've ever experienced. Like I was so pumped. I remember wasn't there like a sweet like nine inch nails song or something like something amazing about that trailer i'm I'm like pretty sure like starts with like the voiceover like the christian bale voiceover and he's like doing the thing and like and then it goes to the shot of joel of, of not joel Edgerton, of uh, sam worthington and he's like a machine like you know i i just remember that trailer was so awesome and yeah. the movie itself came out and it's just like like that just that movie sucked like it it didn't suck as much as, th- well, I don't even know. But the, I think your answer to your question <laughs> is the answer to your question is none of them, other than Genesis, are so bad that we would consider covering them. Like they're not good enough that we would like to cover them. And like Genesis isn't like funny bad, so I don't think we could justify it. So I think the answer to the question is probably no. It's possible that if the next one came out, and when when does when does the next Terminator come out next year? Yeah, uh, November 15th. So if we're looking a year and change away, and Drew and I are still doing the show at that point, which I think we will be, but I mean, a year and change is a long time. It's possible. I, I, Let's go ahead. I was just going to say, I seriously hope so. Like, <laughs> like you, you can't be announcing like a cancellation. Uh, like, that's, that, that's not going to go well. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a long time. But, but I think, you know, at that point, I could see us considering doing three or salvation, like, just for fun so we had something relevant to talk about but it seems unlikely those movies are all pretty bad and we've learned our lesson time and time again 
covering bad movies. Though I say this, and we're covering Predator Two tomorrow, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah, that, I found that out uh, very recently that uh, that Predator Two was going to be covered tomorrow on uh, on AMA, and uh, I was like, wow, like that's kind of ironic that I am going to be talking to Ben about a Schwarzenegger franchise, and then a day later he's going to cover another kind of Schwarzenegger franchise, even though he's in none of the other sequels. Um, well, you, know my, you know my affection for Predator 1, um, which, is, yes. which is, I love that movie to death. And Predator 2 is very bad. I mean, I watched it last night, and it's, it is, I hadn't seen it since I was a little kid. And like, here's my memories from watching Predator 2. Uh, I remember as a little kid, they used to do this thing a lot. I don't think they do it anymore, but they would take a movie that was popular and they would make a comic book out of it. Like they would like adapt it to like a comic book form. So if you went to the comic book store, you'd like buy the adapted version of Predator 2 or like, and it was the same as the movie. It was the same story. It just was in a comic book. So I had like Return of the Jedi. I had one of these and I had Predator 2. So I remember reading Predator 2, the comic book, and then seeing Predator 2, the movie and owning Batman versus Predator comic books and like loving that stuff. So the only thing about Predator 2 that I can like watch now, it just makes me laugh and like remember being a kid. But the movie is awful. I mean, I think Predator 2 is arguably worse than any of the Terminators at this point. Uh, the, 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 back, the back three Terminators. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> Bad. Again, uh, sort of like you, I have not I don't even think I've seen Predator 2 all the way through, like, ever. Um, so it's sort of like my genesis for you. It's uh, it's just, and not to go off on a tangent of Predator, but, like, to me, Predator, it, it only worked as a one-off movie. You know, it's just, you, you put Arnold in the jungle with, like, this shit ton of other guys that all get axed off at one point or another. Again, Michael Myers style. And, you know, it's just that that kind of setup of the the biggest action star of all time going up against something that you know appears to be unbeatable which i mean you know you look at kevin peter hall and the guy's like seven foot one or something like that and i mean right that's you know like you like i love looking at behind the scenes photos of predator one and seeing like the shortness of arnold compared to kevin peter hall it's so funny but like that's that's the beauty of that movie so the fact that they turned that into a franchise and then introduced it with aliens and i don't know i'm just to me it's a one-off movie and that's it just stop so but um but yeah i haven't even seen predator 2 all the way but i will be watching so um uh have you seen to get back on track here, have you seen um, Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles? Have you seen either one or two of the seasons? No, I never watched that show. I, I was always a little curious, honestly, because like it seemed cool. I mean, you know, the idea of a TV show, but uh, no, I never ended up watching it. Is it good? Okay. Um, well, again, it's just I don't consider it canon, so I've only seen a couple episodes, but my biggest thing is it's just you take this kind of, and that's the thing with the, the later sequels, not even counting T3, but you take this really kind of hardcore, brutal um, science fiction story, and then you kind of dilute it 
down to a more, I'm not going to say family friendly, but that's essentially what it is. And that's the same issue I had, the biggest issue I had with Sarah Connor Chronicles. It's just Terminator is not fit for a television series, I don't think, because television, especially when that came out, I think that came out in 2008 or 2009. At you know television at that time, I mean, especially you know, you could look at it now and be like, okay, well, maybe if AMC got a hold of it or HBO got a hold of it, but I think it aired on Fox and it just came off as very cheap and just not watchable. So I I kind of steered away from that, but I know that out of all the stuff that Cameron had no involvement with, that's kind of and that's why I asked you. That's kind of like the high mark in terms of fans perception of what Terminator greatness can be without Cameron involved. So that's, that's the only uh, reason I asked for about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, for me, like I think there was a perception of Schwarzenegger in the mid eighties that like was a little different than what he ended up being. And, And by contrast, the franchises that he was a part of, the tone of those things like we, it, we we have this revisionist history now as adults where we can look back at that stuff in the 80s and the early 90s the earliest part of the 90s and feel like that everybody at all times was like this is silly Schwarzenegger this stuff is like fun but silly but like he made the decision in the early 90s to do junior and like he in the late 80s he tried out twins and he like started to really lean in to the like I'm self-aware I'm gonna like make jokes and so I think that by by virtue of that, the franchises that he was originally a part of became all a little sillier. Like people wanted Terminator Three to be, you know, a little more tongue in cheek and more one liners, and 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 the same with Pred- the Predator franchise. By the mid '90s, they're like, oh, we're not going to make another serious one. We'll make these Alien versus Predator movies, and they'll just be like cheap, you know, fun fun action movies, right? Like it's a different yeah. tone. It's a totally different tone, and I think it's it's because I think Schwarzenegger became that way, and. So the things that were associated with him, the world wanted to be a little more fun, a little less like self-serious. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Have you ever have you ever interviewed Arnold? I never have, to be honest. He's actually one of the few guys that I that I really love. And I've never even gotten to like be around him. Most, Most of the guys that I like a lot even if I've never interviewed them, I've like been at an event with them or like been on a carpet they were on or something. There's only a few of the ones that I really, really want to meet that I've never even been in the same room with. Um, and he is one of them. I mean, Schwarzenegger is on my, he's on my list. He's, he's a top 10 guy for me. He's an all time guy. Okay. Uh, like, so like you never, uh, did you do any kind of like coverage of Terminator Genesis or came out right? Like, I'm pretty sure that movie came out like months into AMA's existence and probably about a year after I had gotten into the hosting game. So the changes that have happened for me and since that beginning is that like I choose my events a lot more carefully. I have a lot more press access now, but like back in those days, like I wasn't going to be able to like be on a carpet, have an outlet send me because I didn't have the experience yet. Okay. I gotcha. As an interviewer, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, have you met anybody associated with Terminator? Let's think. Um, so, I did an interview with Galen Hurd a few years back. 
Um, and she was pretty awesome. You know, I spoke to her a little bit about Walking Dead and about Terminator. Um, she was she was a treat. Uh, who else has been in those films? Oh, I did a I, I sat down for 15 minutes with Michael Bean a couple years ago. Nice. Um, I did a one on one with him. That was a lot of fun. He was great. I talked to him actually a little bit about T1, but I talked to him primarily about uh, The Rock and Tombstone. Um, who else has been involved in the Terminator franchise? Yeah, no Schwarzenegger, no Linda Hamilton. Eddie Furlong's never really around. <laughs> um, Joe Morton has been an event that I've been at with Miles Dyson. I've been there with him something before. I can't remember what it was now, but I never spoke to him. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I pro- probably, to be honest with you, some some of the smaller, I've been on, like at a thing with Jason Clark before. Probably some of the smaller people, I would guess, uh, I've been around. Uh, isn't Bryce Dallas Howard in the fourth one? Yep, she's uh, John Connor's wife. Yeah, I've seen her be- yep. around a, f- a few times now. She's been she and I were on the same flight last year, and uh, I've been in a few different things with her. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, like the the, the person, the people that I would want to talk to. Oh, actually, you know what? I was at the the Creative Arts Emmys with with Cameron two years ago, three years ago. Um, um we were but both- did you like? Did, did you actually get to talk to him or like? No, you- no, I didn't. That's kind of what I mean, right? That's the that's the world that's the world I live in. Is unless there's a specific reason, or I get him on a carpet just because I'm at one of these things with people, it's very rare that I'm at an event professionally and I don't have a professional opportunity to talk to them. I will go out of my way to be like, hi, because I feel that it's sort of inappropriate to their space. And also because I generally feel that if it's somebody I care a lot about that I'll get the chance at some point. Wow. It's just that, that that is so crazy that you were even like, like if you were to guess, like how far, like could you see him in your, I like in your eyesight Cameron oh definitely yeah. he he was super duper tall he walked past I was covering the event for Time Warner Cable Media it's one of the first events I ever covered yeah he walked on the carpet and he walked past and I went inside for a bit and I think I mean I saw him a couple different times you know he was yeah re- reasonably normal looking dude I mean um he, he'd be an interesting one to get him he doesn't do a lot of interviews but um obviously made news recently with that whole craziness about superhero movies and how they're not good <laughs> yeah <laughs> no not my favorite oh. interview but oh man that that is because like cameron like again it's just he's he's right up there with like kubrick and like like they're con- like constantly going back and forth in my mind of who i prefer more but and they're kind of starkly different but um yeah james cameron it's just i love that he's so selective with his films so he's not someone that pumps out you know, right. A movie a year or two movies a year. And, you know, it, it takes a while to get a Cameron film and it's usually worth the wait. So let me ask so, you a question then. Are you like, what, where do you as the Cameron guy stand on this whole, like six avatars nonsense or whatever it is, like however many he's doing, like, I mean, where do you stand on that? Yeah, I, um, see, that's the thing. It's for me, avatar is, it's obviously the technological breakthrough that everyone knows it is. And it's a beautiful movie to watch. And I watched it recently and I'm not that like, that's at the bottom kind of, of my, if I were to assemble a Cameron list, that's nowhere near the top of my Cameron films. So the fact that he's finding it so, I don't know the fact that he is devoting so much of his life. And, you know, I think about this like a lot, 
it's you know you only get one try so it's the fact that he he is james cameron and he can do whatever he wants and he's devoting so much of his time to this one series that i don't think a lot of people are on board with the way they are with we'll say terminator and the fact that i know he's coming back to produce next year's film and he has a story credit on it and i'm super excited about that like it's probably the most excited i've ever been about a new terminator film the fact that he has some involvement but i mean honestly i would love if he had directed it and it's because of avatar that he's not so i'm probably going to lean more on the i'm not for it because he could be devoting his attention to maybe avatar 2 and then kind of just drop it or give it to someone else i don't know why he has to focus on three four five and and go beyond that but i don't know it's 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 upsetting a little bit but i do have hope for next year's terminator film because he is involved and uh because you know he said that he only endorsed all the other films because of arnold and you know that made sense when he when he kind of revealed that like you know, especially his support for Genesis, which I know probably made no sense to anybody. It's just he was doing that in like a like a friendship kind of way for Arnold. So that was cool. Um, the fact that he didn't think of Genesis as this, you know, great film. He was just kind of offering kind words because of his friendship with with Arnold. So that's where I stand on it. I mean, I don't know if you have any differing opinions, but I don't think he should devote so much of his attention to avatar sequels. Yeah. I mean, I I think that's most people's uh, feeling is that it's a little, it's a little silly. Yeah. But uh, Hey man, he's James Cameron and I am merely Ben Bateman. So I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know how he should be doing his job any better than, you know what I mean? That's just not my place. I, I, I haven't done well, true, but I mean, like, but like when you like when you think about it, it's it's you only have one life, so why would you? I don't know why would you devote like years? Not even just. I could see if like he had already put out Avatar two by now, but it's the fact that it's eleven years and we still don't have. You know what I mean? We still don't have an Avatar film. So when Avatar two comes out, I think it'll be eleven years since the first film. It's. That's a super long time. It only took seven years between T1 and T2. So, and then he's going to continue with it. So he's kind of, you know, crossing off these other things that he could be doing. And he's devoting so much of his attention to one thing that, I mean, when I, when I bring up Avatar to people, their immediate reaction is, wait, Avatar. And then they, and and then it like comes back to them, but, it's not an immediate thing where if I say Titanic or if I say, right, right, right. you know what I mean? It's just Avatar is one of the highest grossing films of all time, but I don't know if it's actually in the minds of people the way his other films are. So it's just odd to me that he's focusing on it. I agree. I totally agree. I don't know, but, um, that's interesting. The fact that you've been around the sort of like the, the main group associated with the films. Have you ever been around Robert Patrick? And the only reason I'm asking is because next month I live in Florida. He's actually going to be at um, a convention. It's called spooky empire. And um, I'm, 
I've already got my tickets. So this will be the first, like he'll be the first cast member I've ever met from the Terminator franchise. So I'm just curious if you've ever met him or he was supposed to come to a premiere that a friend of mine did a few years ago. Um, guy named Richie Gray is a director. Uh, it was a movie called Sugar Mountain, starred Jason Momoa, a few other people. And Robert was on the cast li- or was on the guest list for that event, and he didn't come. I remember, which I was disappointed about because I had I had written questions, and I'm a big fan. Um, so I've never actually met him or been around him. What's interesting, man, is that so with a guy like him, right? Or or like let's take him or like I'm trying to think of, Michael Bean is not a good example. These are people who, like, in their day had high-impact moments in a huge movie, multiple huge movies, both of them. But by today's standards, they're, like, working actors. They're in things. People recognize them. But by no means are they, like, you know, insulated like The Rock or, like, any some huge movie star, right? So I'm sort of uh, – and this is – I'm just sort of kicking this idea around here, but I'm sort of imagining – over the next couple of years, you know, as I develop the one-on-one interview portion of Nerds and Suits, which I'm getting ready to launch here in the near future, I think I'm going to start to just reach out to these people, like people like these guys you're talking about, like Robert Patrick, and try to book one-on-ones, like hour-long one-on-ones, because, and we'll see, we'll see who I can get, you know what I mean? Maybe it's harder to get these guys than I think, and but that's kind of where my head's at, is like, because I want to talk to these guys, I want to ask questions, I want to hear the stories, just like you do, you know? Yeah. So, so you're just saying that the fact that they're kind of no longer where they were in their careers, like the peak, like, like there's no way, you know, you could reach out one-on-one to like Schwarzenegger and be like, Hey, can I get a one-on-one with you? I mean, yeah. You know, that- I mean, that's Schwarzenegger's Schwarzenegger. And like, even if we're talking about like somebody who's not as prominent today, but was like a massive, massive movie star, it's still different. Like, I mean, like when I did the Michael Bean interview a couple of years ago, you know, I got, like I said, I got almost 20 minutes with the guy and it was, he was promoting a new film that he had, he had produced. I think he maybe had directed, but you know, he was so nice and so accessible. And I was like, I was like, I guess it makes sense because like, you know, in his day he was, he was massive, but by today's younger audience, like he's not in something right now at this moment, that's super relevant. And that's kind of the currency based on social media that these guys live with is, you have to be involved in something relevant now for the sort of social media, whatever we call it, to uh, to insulate you where you're really hard to get to. Like it would be way harder for me to get to like many YouTube stars probably than it would be for me to get to some of the old Terminator cast because young people give a shit about YouTube stars. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, an, it's, it's an interesting world we live in because to me and it sounds like to you, that's just crazy. That's absurd. Like what? What is a YouTube star going to tell me that's more interesting than a story I could hear from Robert Patrick about shooting Copland or Terminator 2? But, like, they just don't see it that way. Yeah, yeah. Or Last Action Hero when he had, like, that one-second cameo where he walked past Arnold and... Just a quick second, yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking of that, have you... um, Because I know, and this was something that kind of... uh, you know, upset a lot of people, but it, you know, it's inevitable with the industry that it's uh, based in. But did you ever get a chance to go to T two three D at uh, Universal Studios? I never did. True, true story. Lived here for almost ten years. I've never been to Universal Studios, not a single time. Really? Yeah. For whatever reason, I've been to Disneyland dozens of times, but 
Universal, I don't know why, it always seemed like second rate in my mind. And then it's, I pass by it on the way to work so much of the time that just feels like, I don't know, it just doesn't seem as special to me. But I'm, I'm alone in this. People love Universal Studios. Oh, man. No, uh, so you missed out on such a, do you know, like, kind of what the basic gist of that attraction was or? Uh, I, like, remember the promotion for it, but I don't really know what the attraction was. Okay. It, I mean, it, it was, like, a really, at that time, because it actually premiered in Orlando around 96, and then Hollywood got it a few years later, which kind of seemed odd to me, but um, it, it was supposed to be, like, a mini-sequel to Terminator 2, but there were a couple things about it that kind of didn't make sense. Like, for me, the biggest thing was when um, uh, the T-800 arrives uh, through the time portal, he's fully clothed and he's on his Harley and I get it. You know, it's a theme park attraction and you, ha- you, you, you kind of have to appeal to a family yeah, demographic, right, right, right. but he couldn't appear naked, but like it, it was like those kind of things that just kind of irked me because of how diehard I am. But putting that stuff aside, it was a really cool kind of like mix of it would go from live action people on the stage who are in shadow most of the time. And they kind of just, like have the silhouette of the character they're playing and then they kind of jump into the screen and then it goes into the future war and that part was directed uh by james cameron and i think stan winston had a directorial credit on that which was pretty cool that's pretty awesome Um, he's a legend yeah right like uh and then it was just a really cool blend of live action with uh you know pyro and and stunts and and whatnot and Unfortunately, I think it lasted a little over 10 years at Hollywood and then it closed down. And then recently, like a couple of years ago, it closed down in, uh, in Orlando over here. And it was sad. It, you know, it was sad. It was, and that's sort of like the thing that I was going to kind of piggyback off of and just kind of go into a little topic of theme parks and how they kind of just drop their classic stuff. So if you look at like, you know, Universal, they they had Jaws the Ride and they got rid of that for like the Harry Potter attractions. Right. right. It's the same thing. It's it's, it's you got to be relevant. It's young. Young young is what sells tickets. Yeah. But what's funny about that is they like they're still making Terminator films. So the ultimate question was that I was going to ask you is why do you think, even though they're still making Terminator films, why do you think an attraction like that probably got axed? Because Terminator is super relevant. I mean, it is and it isn't. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it, it like it is in, it is in the sense that it's a classic franchise and like, but like Genesis was bad and didn't really make money. And that was the first Terminator film since 2008, I think. So like, it is, but is it as relevant as Harry Potter? Like Harry Potter is like the the only other franchise with the same uh, cultural and worldwide impact financially as Star Wars. Like it's it's like literally the closest thing we have in the modern era to that. Like not not by quality, but just by just the basic fan base. I mean, I think that's what you look at is if the next Terminator was to be a smash hit and like propel like three more sequels, like we think that it could or you know hope that it will different story but it's this is kind of like i'll give you a good example of this uh i remember at one point prepping an outline for a show pitch to a network i was putting together and it was like a nerd content sort of show right 
and I was listing all the different movies that were coming out uh, that summer, that year that I was going to include. And I remember getting to Born, right? Born 5 was coming out. And my the partner I was pitching with, I was like, yeah, yeah, we well, should have something on Born. Like that kind of fits into the you know hugely popular nerd space. And she was just like, no, it doesn't. Like, no one cares about Bourne. And I was like, what do you mean no one cares about Bourne? It's like one of the all-time franchises. It's a great franchise. Matt Damon. And she was just like, I mean, Matt Damon's kind of relevant, but, like, not really. He, like, said kind of offensive things on Twitter about women. The last Bourne movie he wasn't even in. No one watched it. And the one before that was 2007. Who really cares about Bourne? And then the movie came out and it tanked. She was right. It's weird how relevance happens, man. It with With media projects, there's, like, only a couple Star Wars in the whole world, right? There's like one or two things ever that have the kind of long lasting 40 years later, little kids still care impact. It's like so hard to create. There's almost nothing like it. Well, what's cool and what's kind of interesting about the fact that you brought up um, the kid thing is that's what replaced in the Hollywood version, at least we don't know what's replacing it in Orlando because they haven't announced it yet, but over in Hollywood, Despicable Me is what replaced Terminator <laughs> 2. That's funny. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's a little more of a short-term play in my mind, but no. <laughs> I mean, maybe not. I don't know. Those movies have made a tremendous amount of money. But that's that's one of the things that irks me, and, and I get it, and I understand it. I really do, but it's it's it always comes back down to the what's going to make the money, and, and it's I don't know. It's when, like, just now, when I just said that to you, because I don't know if you had, like, had known that or not, it's Terminator was replaced by Minions. Yeah. And you put that <laughs> in your head, you, like, like, you roll that around in your head, and you're like, that, that is so dumb. Like, that makes little to no sense. But then you start thinking about it, and you're like, okay, these are very profitable movies. And that attraction was a sequel. It was supposed to be a mini sequel to a movie from 91. So, you know, I see like both sides of it. It's just, it's very disheartening and totally, man. I mean, I mean, if you think about it, if you think about it, what you're really dealing with is that the movie business at the highest level, what we're talking about, it's a massive, massive, massive company with investment capital looking to at least double their capital. That's what every movie investment is. That's why the indie film market is so bleak, and that's why blockbusters are what they are. We asked the question of why was Suicide Squad 2 greenlit so fast, and why, why did people think that was going to happen? And, like, I don't think it's going to happen at this point, but, like, it's still on track to be made. And the answer is just Warner Brothers is like, this one made X. We think that if we do this, this one could make Y. And if it's close to twice as much money, and you're 200 million at 300 million after marketing can bring in a minimum 600 million. It's a pretty good investment for them. You know, pretty good. And it's the case with any of these things. If they're going to open a theme park ride, Universal's like, which one's going to double our money? Which one's going to be the best investment here? They don't really care. Like we care. We'd like to think they care. We'd like to think the studios care about the quality as much as we do, but they don't. The reason justice League's not going to get a sequel is because justice league didn't make enough money. The reason Wonder Woman's going to get a sequel is because Wonder Woman made enough money. That's just having worked around here like long enough and interviewed enough people. You meet the visionaries. You know, I meet Gail Ann Hurd and I talk to her and I can tell, right? I can tell Gail Ann Hurd believes in her product. Like there's no question. 
you meet creatives and it's a whole different story. But the people that are signing the paychecks and making the decisions we're talking about, different ballgame entirely. Yeah. And that's what's so cool. Like, that's why I'm like kind of picking your brain a little bit. It's just because you, you have that kind of insider access that, you know, someone like me doesn't have. But it's just it's so fascinating in the fact that you live so close to it and you're very active in it. And um, it's just really cool to hear you even talk about it and have have such a uh, well-rounded answer for anything that I throw at you. It's so freaking cool. Um, Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, so kind of just wrapping this up a little bit, I, I wanted to ask you, what are, what are you looking forward to, if at all, for the next film? Like, are you, are you kind of keeping track on it? Do you know what's going on? Or could you kind of care less until it gets closer to the release date? I mean, I saw the stills. I like Mackenzie Davis. I thought she was great in um, Izzy Gets the Fuck Across Town and Tully and Blade Runner. Um, she's having a moment right now. I think she's a good casting choice. Obviously, the picture of Linda Hamilton with the shotgun uh, and the short hair looks super badass. Um, you know, I, I hope that Cameron's vision is clean and that's, and we get something really good. Like I believe, I still believe in the guy. Um, you know, I'll be, what about, what about, uh, what about Tim Miller, him being on board as the director? I mean, you know, Deadpool was great, but Deadpool also had a very different feel than this is going to have. I hope, uh, we'll see. Right. We'll see if he understands how to bring the right tonality to it. The second film, I mean, Judgment Day is like not super serious. It's like, I mean, it is, but it's not like Requiem for a Dream level. It's like still has a little bit of like tongue in cheek action stuff. Um, so hopefully his sense of humor, you know, carries over well. They just need a good script, man. They need a good story. That's the bottom line. You just can't have some weak garbage. It just, it has to be good. And, Cameron's pretty much never made he's pretty much never made a bad movie. So like I know he's not directing it. I know things he's produced haven't been as good, but like it would be hard for me to believe that as the creative force behind it, with somebody as capable as Tim Miller, that this won't at least be good. You know, at least be good if if not great. And also I just hope that they utilize Schwarzenegger and his age properly. That's the thing. That's like the one. That's the one of the major points. I remember in T three, it's the last time that he looked like pretty. You know, still kind of like himself. He's a little older for sure, but like, but Genesis, it was just like, why? Like, got it. You got it. You guys have to be more creative with this. He's older now. We have to be creative. We can't just go back to the well. You know. Yeah, that's the. Yep, exactly. That's that's one of the things that I am really like very closely following especially like when he posts on whatever social media account he's on it's he has and it's it's crazy to focus on this but it 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 really does add a nice touch to it because we don't know if he's going to be a straight up 100% all throughout the film we don't know if he's going to be the terminator speculation says that he's going to be the human prototype that was based for the terminator model that he portrayed which I think that is the best route to go. And the fact that now he, he's been sporting for like a month and a half or two months 
a super badass beard. Yeah. And it's crazy, you know, it's crazy to focus on a beard, but I've talked to so many fans of Terminator and Arnold and putting a beard on him and just looking at him from afar, he looks younger than when he does without the beard. And that's kind of ironic because you would think it would be the other way around, but he's almost a joke in and of himself. And I hate saying that, but it, just based off of the like kind of trajectory of his career, he's become a joke in and of himself. So when you think of Arnold, you kind of think of the, you know, talk to the hand and like that kind of persona. So I think, and I would love to think that someone on that production or creative team had that in mind. And they were like, so Arnold, listen, we, we, we know the basic audience's perception of you and we got to, you know, we're trying to take this in a more serious route here. So we got to work on your visual appearance here, maybe grow a beard Let's see what that looks like. So that's what I'm thinking in the back of my mind, as crazy as that is to focus on something like that. But that's just how diehard I am. Um, and it works. It, you know, it, it, it really works. Um, did you ever watch, did you, did you ever watch, uh, what the hell is that movie called? That he is Maggie. I did. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, no, not good. Um, it, it it suffers from a lot of problems. One of them is pacing for sure. That's a very slow movie and I'm not against slow movies, but Holy hell, this movie is slow. Um, and you know, he, you know, and I assume he brought that up because he had a beer in that one, but like even like his hair, he had a weird kind of comb over in that movie. Right. You know what I mean? And, and, and again, he looked funny. He looked funny. So you have this very serious movie and then you have Arnold trying to be serious, but he looks funny. He looks funny. So what they're doing with Terminator is everything's right. He has his iconic kind of, you know, um, I don't know what it's called, where it's like like, like the spiked look hair and he's getting you know jacked up as hell. You know, I don't know. If, like, did you ever see um, he, he he made a, a movie with uh, Taron Killam? It was called Killing Gunther. I remember it coming out. Yeah, it looked funny it was super funny and he's only in it for like maybe 10 or 15 minutes towards the end. But like that look is what worked for him. He had, you know, some facial hair. He had a, like, like a really nice kind of overall appearance. And, but that was supposed to be a comedy and it worked. So he can still pull off, you know, he, I have faith in him. He, he's not completely done yet. And I do hope that they go with that human prototype kind of storyline. Like Ixnay, the the Terminator thing, he's he's well past that. I mean, Genesis proved that that it just doesn't work. You kind of look at it and you're and you and like you feel sad. Yeah, you know? exactly, exactly. Yep. Like like this once icon is now degraded by age. It it, it doesn't work. So they've cast uh, um what the hell, what hell is his name Gabriel Luna as the terminator and i think he's going to be the focus point in terms of the antagonist so that's where that's where all my kind of knowledge is and then basically everything you said i agree with it's the fact that you know tim miller is kind of like a still a newbie but deadpool was great so i have to give him you know i have to give as much faith as possible to him um 
and yeah, that's where I stand on it. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, the, the, the freaking release date keeps getting changed. It went from like July to November 22nd. Then it got pushed back a week because I think they're competing with wonder woman two or something like that. No shit. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wonder woman two is in the same, uh, kind of general release schedule. So, all right. Wild man. Well, Hey, it sounds like, sounds like you're wrapping me out. So, uh, I'll, I'll thank you prematurely. Um, I appreciate you bringing me back on, man. This has been, this has been super fun. No, it's, it's great. I mean, I would keep you on longer, but, um, I just, I feel like our last conversation kind of went on super long and I felt like I kind of held you prisoner in, in, in a way. No, 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 that. man. I'll, the fact that you're, you've gone the extra mile, you've made the show, you're keeping it going. I, I'm, I'm very proud of you. And it's, it's very cool for you to have me back on. I, I appreciate that so much. It makes me feel important. So, uh, I would I'd love to do it again sometime. And I very, very much, like I said, appreciate it. It, it uh, means a lot. Well, thank you, and tr- trust me, I, I, I throw nothing but the, everything you just said back at you and more, and um, I'll hit you back up with, uh, that, with that third detail uh, about the first movie. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll definitely send that to you once I have more thought on that, but uh, thank you so much for coming on here, man, and um, I'm going to be watching tomorrow, Predator 2. Um, is there anything besides AMA and your podcast on anchor, which is nerds and suits. Did you want to plug anything else? The nerds and suits movies podcast on anchor is a little on hold right now. I'll be transitioning that into a, a video friendly version pretty soon here, but I will say, um, Andrew and I have, uh, a, a drunk watch along. We'll be doing this Saturday for mission impossible three. Um, it's part of our team action, the team action show stuff we've been doing on Patreon. So patreon.com slash team action. If you guys are fans at all, uh, 10 bucks gets you gets you in the door a, a link to watch us watch mission impossible three play drinking games and, and you know watch it on the same clock as us so that's the thing we're doing this this week so check that out nice all right sweet so thank you so much ben and uh i'm gonna be watching you know anything you pump out so um i hope i can have you on again in the maybe near future maybe um i, I extended the invitation to andrew so maybe we can do a do a kind of, I don't know, back and forth between all three of us. That'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah, that'd be fun, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. So thank you so much, guys, for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed this very cool episode of Terminator 101. And uh, if you haven't already, wherever you're listening to this, favorite, subscribe, share the news, let people know about Terminator 101, if you are a Terminator fan as well. And uh, having said all that, uh, hasta la vista, baby. Luis, come on. All right, see you, bud. See you, man. <laughs>